0: Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now. So I'll play it for you. So my old man.
0: Button on the overlap, and here is the Scottish international. All the way, all the way across to Agbon Lahore He doesn't miss this time. That's a Villa goal for the 13th successive season.
1: on alert gabby has scored his token goal for the season deploy to bomb squad and award two contract
2: welcome to the myoman oh said podcast i'm david michael the editor of myoman and joining me Slightly more tanned than previously on the show. Dan Rogers of thevillarunderground.com.
3: How was the holiday? Superb. I've flown back in to enjoy a tropical monsoon in Colchester.
2: But it was a beautiful day in Birmingham. They they should have switched the tie there because nobody turned up at the Colchester game anyway. It was a half-empty stadium. Absolutely. So, uh, any? How was your holiday? You you told me about a missing bag. Has that uh, reappeared yet?
3: No, that they've uh, they've kindly told me that they've found my. All of my belongings, so um, I no longer have to wear the the same the same villa shirt that I've been wearing for the last seven days on parade. I can and they'll hopefully return it to me by the end of the week. Well, presumably uh, the the airline that I that I opted to fly with used the same handling agent as Villa's ticketing agency, so sounds like it. Yeah, (laughs) maybe arrive alongside my season card. (laughs)
2: Maybe they can issue you with a paper bag in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you haven't missed much since you've been away. I've, I mean, all I've been doing is watching Twin Peaks and the Game of Thrones. And finally, I'm not going to give away any spoilers in the Game of Thrones, just in case uh, our viewers are watching it. But we got a bit of Dracores which translates in Game of Thrones language to fire. And that's what we're hoping for from Mr. Brucey, But I don't think we actually began the season with a bang... No. Or Flaming, but uh, we'll get on to that in a minute. First of all, let's uh, just have a little recap on what's been happening since last we spoke. Well, Aston Villa managed to progress through a round of a cup competition after failing to do so in both cups last season. So the 2-1 win against Colchester, which when we were 2-0 up, it looked like it was going to be a routine game. And then uh, that would not be Villa style, though. And (laughs) We were quite lucky in the end, uh, thanks to a penalty save and a a class Mm -hmm. save Mm -hmm. Definitely. a top class save from Steer to keep the score down and, and we progressed to one and that was our first away win in the cup you told me since uh, 2012 yeah. so a little bit of progress and also we managed to avoid the uh, ABBA penalties whatever they are I, I, I didn't even know they were, this system came in until after the charity cup final because I didn't watch it
3: I, I don't like it I, I don't need any more unnecessary change in my life and <laughs> irrelevant of the format <laughs> penalty shootouts are to be avoided at all costs.
2: Yeah, so so what is the ABBA penalties? Is it the first person takes a penalty and then the next team has two? And yeah, then the next yeah. next team has two, so you just do twos like the tennis tiebreaker type thing.
3: Uh, and what it does do, it means that nobody has a clue what's going on and uh,
2: yeah.
3: oh, I don't Why do they mess around with things like
2: this? Games used to be settled on a coin toss god damn it.
3: Yeah? Or drawn, completely yeah. drawn. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that?
2: which doesn't really help in cup games because then you've got three teams playing in the next round on one pitch. Anyway, uh, number 2, we had a bit of a case of uh, boo at the whole game. The way this breaks out into the press and social media is like the whole crowd are booing uh, Bukuna. but obviously these no. things it's just a just a little it's just a handful of fans, but the thing is I think half of that wasn't booing the player. There's, you know some of it's kind of mocking uh, the manager's decision to play him in the first place i mean we'll get on to uh, bruce's uh, his team selection for the games so it looks like there's a solution to the bakuna and that's selling him as we were advocating in the last podcast we thought it would be done by the time you listen to that show so hopefully by the time you listen to this show he'll be done and dusted uh, playing for another championship team
3: Well, he was conspicuous by his absence, wasn't he, at uh, Colchester,
2: Well, exactly. I mean... I think there's
3: definitely uh, um, some movement there.
2: And uh, one of the reasons why uh, he was conspicuous by his absence was Villa signing, loan signing. Uh, Essentially, Mm. uh, it looked like a Jack Grealish replacement. Joshua Anomar from Spurs, Mm. the Mm. 20-year-old, kind of a box-to-box midfielder, who, uh, after watching him against Colchester, seems to be the man that Aaron Tishbola should have been...
3: Absolutely. I'm very impressed on, on first impressions with him and the fact that he's appeared not only straight into the first team, but immediately you go, hang on a minute, this it suddenly makes complete sense as to why Tish Bowler's been literally shipped out to MK Dons, who, what, they're League One, League Two, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean he's 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 played about around thirty games for Spurs, so he's no uh, Mm -hmm. he's not that wet behind the ears. I mean he's very accomplished. Yeah, he made his debut when he was seventeen, so he's had you know three seasons worth of being Mm. in in and around the first team at Spurs, and yeah, he he did look uh, from the off he totally comfortable.
1: Now it's time for Twitter with Tony. July 30th. When you didn't have real experience through to darkest time, you don't know how struggling with a sunken boat. Thanks for all villains staying with us. July 31st. I'll pass your warning to department managers as I could be jar out soon if they can't sort this problem out. SOS. August 6th. Still bothered about the game. Not just result, but some issues thought we'd solve. Though still positive and confident, we can make the season. August 9th. Good for young lads development today through the weather, Oh, very wet. Didn't help. We'll give more chances to youngsters as of the Academy Resurrection
2: hashtag UTV. so let's go into the games we've seen so far we're unbeaten and but the first game Ooh, against yes. Hull the first, the first game against <laughs> Hull where you're kind of hoping for a uh, let's say a brave new world going into a new season Bruce, Mm. super, super cautious, going Mm. with Gabby and Bakuna, you know, supposed experience, experience of what I'm not, you know, sure of. But, you know, you'd have thought that Hogan would have, uh, you'd have given Hogan a shot. Bakuna, there was three midfielders that Bruce, Bought that are on the bench yeah so why, why is he buying them if he's not improving upon a bakuna it makes no sense
3: yeah I've had two sittings at the game and there were two things that stood out for me one, one was the team selection and that's I'll pick up on your point really that if Bruce has bought in players having identified presumably you know an obvious obvious shortfall in our own squad you know we've said and we've agreed before that the players brought in you know do look to improve us. But then you're starting with players who we know everything about them and actually we know what they don't bring to the table. Yeah. And it was no surprise to me, but also it was so concerning how particularly the second half panned out, that it was deja vu, wasn't it, that we ran out of ideas and we became, the game stagnated and then the predictable equaliser came against a whole team who didn't really impress or, you know, they got adventurous when they realised that we'd lost our way. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, uh, to a certain extent, uh, Colchester game kind of followed a similar template.
3: Do you know, it did. Well, I think we were were fortunate in the sense that the weather conditions helped nobody. Yeah. Um, And Jed Steer pulled off, you've already mentioned, he he pulled off, (laughs) I think, a really fantastic save, particularly when you see it from the the angle where you can see the deflection, because it has that horrible looping up and over him. Most
2: yeah, yeah. But no, it was, was a was a really, really good save. It was a
3: top top <laughs> save. But the first half, he pulled off. I mean, it's easy to say oh, that the penalty save was uh, you know routine. Well, it was a nice height, but he went the right way. You know, how many seasons have we watched Guzan just sort of fall on the flop onto the floor like like he'd been pulled from the from the Atlantic. <laughs> 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 but there were also three or four other, other little saves. <laughs> look at me! Look at me patronising. Oh, three or four little saves in the first half. He was really handy. Steer wasn't. And to be honest, I've <laughs> like a lot of sick notes we've had at the club. I've you know not seen a lot of him and perhaps not said a great deal of positive things yeah. about him. But he, well,
2: yeah. Well, he, he was out on loan uh, for mm. a period, but also obviously, uh, as you, as you alluded to, he has been injured as well. In terms of the actual uh, players that should have been playing against uh, Hull. Mm. I mean, in terms of the the three midfielders I've mentioned, I mean, you've got Hurahan, Anomar, and also Bjarnason. I think <laughs> maybe uh, Anom- Anomar, is just dropped in, so you can excuse him <laughs> sitting on the bench. That was pretty predictable. Uh, but Hurahan is somebody that, uh, as, as we've said before, was the January s- signing that Bruce was raving the most about, but he seems <laughs> to have slip right down i mean uh, against colchester i thought he's on this on set pieces his delivery was very good we just needed somebody who could actually finish to be on the end of them mm-hmm. but is that all he's bringing to the game because he didn't seem the people that were dictating it were uh, o'hare and uh nomar in terms of driving us forward and, and making things happen H- her seemed to drift in and out of the game mm-hmm. apart apart from mm-hmm. those set
3: plays well i think that's the word i'll tell you word, dictating and Oh, I was excited actually when, when we brought him from Barnsley because, you know, there was a period of weeks where it was, where we won't win, and we, we saw the assists and the type of creativity that he could bring. You know, this was a player on the cusp of breaking into the Irish team yeah. at that time and, and has since, since done that. I don't understand what his role is in our current setup. And the Colchester game underlined it for me because I thought, you know, as you said already, there were two other players on the pitch who seemed to have more of the initiative note. Is that because that's the team orders and the tactics? You know, who around against Colchester is playing a right midfield position where his natural position is in between the strikers and the midfield, that creative role, free role almost. Yeah. But against Hull, he's not starting and you think, well...
2: He we didn't even get on the pitch. I mean, if, you, if you're if you going to try something different and you let's say you're trying to force set plays and, you know, he brought Samba on it the right at the end. I mean... Mm. You need somebody who can actually deliver a ball if you're playing a big guy up up the top. And Hurahan seems to be the best deliverer that we've currently got. And that's essentially why, I mean, Bruce's own words, uh, why he was actually bought, to sort out free kicks and corners.
3: So that sort of underlines the puzzle, doesn't it? You buy a player who you know what his strengths are. You've lifted him from a, a, a club where, you know, you can actually, it's been polarised. You can see exactly what he's good at in, in that yeah. team. And then you say to him, actually, we'd like you to do this completely different role, please. And none of those good things that you were doing before, just you know, forget about that. And it has a bit of a feel like that. And, and against Colchester, there was, like you said, there were was, there was singular moments where you thought this, he's got that creative touch. And then you wouldn't, you'd wonder in the next. 10 minutes perhaps is he still on the pitch. Yeah. Is that Hurahan is is this a chronic loss of form is, or are we just using him the wrong way and you know we'll touch on Hogan in a bit and there's a startling similarity that you don't suddenly become a bad player. It's yeah. it, it's a chronic problem that we've had at Villa over the years that we seem to lift players out of
2: I mean let's 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 talk about uh, Hogan now just to lead yeah. in lead into Gabby. Hogan I mean he showed against Colchester that he's alert yeah. I mean, when he put that goal away, he's, you know, the archetypal fox in the box. Uh, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. What would you prescribe in terms of midfield to uh, help him out?
3: Well, we saw a couple of things. I think I, I, he looked,
2: I, I mean, he looked to thread, sorry to interrupt, he looked to no, thread not, against Colchester. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, in the first half.
3: I think it's, it's again, it's playing to the strengths. And, and what I saw of Hogan at Brentford was the kind of thing that Hurahan was doing, was, was feeding a channel. And allowing him to, because Hogan finds fantastic space. Yeah. But you've got to—it's right place, right time, isn't it? And and Hurahan seems to have that knack, and actually McCormack did when in his early part of his Villa career, finding himself in space to release into a channel.
2: The, the early part of his Villa career. <laughs>
3: <laughs> before. <laughs> before the colour. Which week was that? <laughs> <laughs> Day one. Oh. Um, but you take the point that that the other thing against Colchester, I thought with uh, with Hogan was that both Green and, and Adoma didn't feed his natural abilities in the air either. You know, we no. saw a fantastic header towards the back end of last season from him. That's that's in his locker.
2: But he did actually have a let's say a fairly gilt edged chance with a header, which he uh, his coordinates were totally off. I think it was from mm. a hurrah hand delivery. I thought one person who linked up with him well, and I think this is the thing uh, when we looked at the Watford lineup in pre-season, and Grealish uh, was playing as that attacking midfielder in the hole, and I thought, well, here's some but this could actually work with Hogan up top, but obviously, uh Grealish got injured mm-hmm. Callum O'Hare I thought was You know he was pretty nifty In terms of looking for Hogan And you know slipping oh, yeah, him in He yeah, yeah. we, well, did that little, that little back heel mm-hmm. flick But obviously Bruce isn't going to start him uh, Just yet He needs a schema around him I think A
3: great observation and, and I think that Take O'Hare's name out of it What he brought was He was very direct He was moving in the space Between their defence and the midfield And ran at them as well with the ball and what that allowed Hogan to do was move in, you yeah. know, moving in and around that space. And you can, like you said, there was, it gave the ability where O'Hare went slightly deeper to collect the ball and flicked it onto him, but allowed Hogan to move in that space. When we're so static, and this, this was one of the observations we had last season, wasn't it? That yeah. you can't just casually, slowly tap the ball forward because it's too predictable. You can, you know, you've got to have um, some spontaneity, some flair. And you know, you, with O'Hare, I guess that you have a player who is making his debut, wants to be seen to be doing something. But actually, he was doing all the right things, and some of the things that we saw in, in Keenan Davis's debut, the back end of last season, early Grealish, and some of the things that Green was doing last season as well. Things yeah. that aren't, you know, sanitised and and safe. They're actually quite yeah. Know, I mean, to he,
2: yeah, O'Hare was definitely playing without fear. And as yeah. you say, when when you when you run at teams, there's nothing that scares teams more Terrific. and obviously you, you you draw people in and that creates mm. space for your, for your yeah. teammates i mean you, you just mentioned uh, andre green there who mm. i thought he w- he would start against hull but uh yeah. bruce opted for gabby and leaning towards experience but andre green i was expecting him to actually start uh, since bruce was playing him left wing in in mm. in some of the preseason mm. games and that looked likely he was going to give youth a chance at least on the left wing but obviously opted for gabby instead but the thing Thing about Andre Green which I've noticed his he has that kind of exuberance in what we we're just talking about you know attacking people and dribbling but he's the final touch whether it's a pass or a shot <laughs> is is at the moment is lacking
3: mm-hmm.
2: I mean once once he sorts that out I mean you, you saw even the goal uh, the first goal against Colchester it was his heavy first touch if he could <laughs> control that he was in on the keeper on his own uh, esteem
3: it was such a bad touch the goalkeeper couldn't save it
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I think it surprised him most of all. Surely a top-class professional can control that.
3: <laughs> well, the ball ended up in that really awkward position where neither of them really wanted to commit, did they? They sort of found, <laughs> yeah. he found himself running and thinking, "Oh, I really don't want to go in here and, and have to have to bottle this." And the keeper sort of arrived, going, oh, "I'm going to get clattered," and allowed it to, to to bobble off him. But I, I take the. I take the
2: point with green. He missed Mr. Chance against Hull, which was uh, well. Oof. It was it was it was a Oof. sitter sitter underlined, shall we say. Similar to the tail end of last season as well. But I mean, you know, I, I I make allowances for that. He's young, and you know, he's still a teenager living the dream, so he needs games. He does.
3: He's very inexperienced, and I think that showed against Hull because of the lack of composure at that, you know, its a match-wing moment that he, he didn't deliver on. It showed against Colchester because he, he persevered doing the same thing that wasn't working. And I have to say, I thought he was trying to dribble through one and two inches of standing water. <laughs> uh, what, what didn't he know after five minutes? It, you know, and, cause it, 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 and this is why Adoma's performance on the other flank wasn't particularly pretty because he, he, he gave up on that, and what he just decided to do was try and beat the man. Yeah. And lump it into the box at every opportunity. Probably not a bad... You know, Hurran was the same, really. Hurran thought, well, screw this. we trying to play along the ground. We, we might as well you know, go, go yeah. direct. Uh, and Green persevered with um, down-blind alleys, actually. The, you, you can't pace your dribble on that pitch in those conditions. And, and he became frustrated as the game wore on and got that stupid yellow card as well.
2: Would you start him in, let's say, against Cardiff?
3: I, I would, for, for, for the reasons that you said, because he, he, he needs game time. And um, I don't think you can judge too much on on the conditions in in Colchester and and I do think he's a threat. But he probably needs someone to put an arm round him and say, you know, you've got all these tricks in your locker but you need to you need to be a bit cleverer with them.
2: Yeah. I mean one problem we have is we've got uh, Jordan Amavi on his way obviously and Amavi he, he served a dual purpose he was uh, one of our left backs but also yeah. you know c- could cover in the uh, further up the field on the left wing now we're, we're short on the left at left mm-hmm. back if Taylor gets injured there's nobody I mean we saw Bjarnason filling in uh, at left back probably mm-hmm. for the first first time in his lifetime and that's not going to work out is it yeah. and I, I don't think Bruce was trying him out for the role it was more like oh we actually haven't got anybody to play there Gabby. Obviously played, let's say, on the left, floating in.
3: Yeah, I mean, it escaped me until someone pointed out on Twitter, actually, that, that Bjarnason, in that sort of left-sided role, was toyed with in, in pre-season. So, you know, I think I think there's been an inevitability about Amaviv leaving. I, I'm not comfortable with Bjarnason being the left-back cover, I have to admit.
2: Well, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, Bjarnason has played on both wings in his career, so that's—I mean, playing further upon the left, you know, that's more more realistic. Mm. Right? But he's not not the solution, I don't think. I mean, I don't know where he's bought to play.
3: Let's just focus on on him a, a little bit then. Like, putting the left back and out of position a bit to one side. There were more than there was more than one moment where you thought how's he failed to control that football, or in the first half where he allowed the ball to just bounce across him and acted with such surprise and and it gave them, you know, hands the initiative to the the opposition who you think that's the worrying thing with him.
4: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: He's not. Are we taking in uh, consideration the conditions? Because Samba, I mean, Samba had a bit of a mare in the first half. Yeah, he did. but he But he showed no signs of that in the pre-season games. He, he was pretty comfortable.
3: Looking at the Samba, that he he had a mare in the first half. There's there's no getting away from it. Where I think we're all looking at what we were seeing, going, oh no, we've we've not dropped an almighty clangour, have we? But he he adapted into the game, and there was—I suppose—I'm clinging to it a little bit. But there were three moments in the second half where I thought he either put his head on it or he got something on it. And there was there was yeah. one where it sort of the ball was was fizzed across the goal, and it wasn't a particularly cultured clearance, but he got enough on it that it didn't arrive at the feet of the striker. And as I say, there was another clearing header quite late on, where last season that's the moment where we conceded the late equaliser or the late match winner for the opposition. And it was the the light bulb moment for me that, you know, we can't judge him on a pre-season game against Warsaw, really. And it's going to be the moments, probably deeper into our season, where... His physical presence and his experience will save us in those moments. It might not be pretty around yeah. it, and I don't think he'll be first choice either. You know, Terry will slot in when he's available. I'm sure. It's
2: like when when he came on against Hull. Uh, one thing you're thinking, you know, oh, he's there. We're going for the bombardment, but also yeah. he's there to protect the draw uh, in yeah. case you know Hull, Hull have got a set set player at corner, for example. Yeah. So he he solidifies that department, which is uh, it's another ultra cautious card in uh, Steve Bruce's pact. But still it's uh, it's an option in the last few minutes if a yeah, yeah. you want to have something up there to uh, cause a threat but also make sure you don't lose that game uh, then why not bring him on for the last five minutes you know we know he used to play there for Blackburn and was utilized yeah. and I think he played up front in, in really at the you know the early early part of his career. So it's not like some big surprise in and in a big Bruce tactical faux pas. There's a double reason for playing him, uh, throwing him on for the last few minutes up front mm-hmm. because there is that defensive uh, factor as well that he's going to go back for the corner and defend. Uh, good good news in that Richie DeLatte is back in the squad. Uh, in terms of the right-back position, I mean, uh, Richie DeLatte only played like the, a five-minute cameo, but uh, I thought Bree was, was kind of bright. Again, you know, crazy conditions. It's hard to pick. Who you would prefer, because Brie maybe has... Potential, more potential. Yeah. Hutton, uh, just through his efforts, has turned into something solid, kind of defensively, but attacking quite limited. And Richie Diat, we haven't really seen uh, how he fits into the Villa scheme of things. So, how Richie Diat gets into the team is is kind of an interesting one.
3: I think it's a good problem to have. I mean, we we discussed it in the last podcast where where we where we sit on Hutton and, and Bree. And my my view was that yeah, Bree's the direction we should be taking. You know, a more modern, uh, an unscuffed. Player, something to prove. I think. I think as a technically speaking, as a footballer, my view is he's he's better than Hutton. I think he's got yeah. things to learn, as, as you said defensively last time. I think that that's definitely the case. But take take the Colchester game. atrocious conditions. Linked up well with Adoma. The, the other thing I like about Bree is his uh, similarity to, to Hutton and. This is perhaps why he edges it for me because he, he's a more rounded player, I feel, or he's developing into a more rounded player. More than happy to put his foot in. And I like that. And the, the knock on might be that that position's, you know, where does Richie Delatt sit in that? But don't forget, he can also play right centre back as well. Yeah good cover to have I said there's worse problems to
2: have the only thing really left to cover in terms of players just 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 go back quickly to uh Callum O'Hare how do you see him progressing is he somebody just for the league cup and uh, he, you have him on the bench in the league and you give him the odd five ten minutes here and there or do you go or do you go a bit more radical with him
3: well I think that I, I've seen enough to suggest that he's he's got Something in the locker that you could certainly bring off the bench and he would give the opposition something to think about. I can equally see through his his size where he might be come undone. You know, it's a loose comparison into, you know, I'm, I'm only going off stature here, but like a Carlos Hill, for all of the technical ability that he had, he couldn't impose himself physically on a game of football, from what I saw in his time at Villa. But with O'Hare... You, I can see how he could hurt teams in the championship you know they probably do people's head in I don't see the quality there necessarily in this division the people seem to go on oh it's a very difficult league yada 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 I, I could see how you know in the last the same probably applies to a, a, a Kieran Davis or a Hepburn Murphy bringing yeah. their pace on and their raw really desire to impress and that, that youthful naivety or exuberance or whatever you know I can see what
2: yeah I think O'Hara out of all the people I've seen so far he's got a bit more more uh, exuberance and he, he plays without fear a couple of the players like you know Hepburn Murphy he hasn't really imposed himself uh, or no. or shown signs of that he's just making fleeting cameos where essentially he's just taking his tracksuit off and running around <laughs> a little
0: bit
1: negatron alert Callum O'Hare is better than all the new signings put together sack Keith Miners sack Steve round
3: well, I, I, as you know, I put Keenan Davis above Hepburn Murphy. I think that yeah. physically and um, technically, from what I've seen, at the, for the type of striker that we need, Davis is closer to the squad for me. Having said that, on what we've just seen recently from O'Hare, I think that we've, you know, that there's a, a technical and a, such a forward and direct option that suddenly appeared, and, and you wonder how many of these players are there in the periphery. You know, Has is, is he suddenly been there? But I think we do need to carefully blood him because... There will be games where I can see that, that he, you know, his physical, you know, his diminutive figure, if you like, wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. But it's a nice.
2: Yeah, I think that's a bit of a cliche. The whole, oh, is kind of short. I think if you're good enough, it's like age. If you're good enough, you impose yourself. I mean, you know, you only have to look at the most obvious example of Messi for
3: that. That's a different, that's a different level.
2: Yeah, but still, we're talking about size and stature. I mean, if O'Hare's making things happen when he's got the ball at his feet, I mean that back heeler flick, very nice through ball, shows that he's got some tricks in his locker. And if he can make things happen when he has the ball, then uh, that's what you need because he's going to be playing, you know, that in that advanced midfield role maybe when we're just playing one up top so we're not actually losing anything and if we're going to play mm. when Yedinak comes back 2 deep sitting mm. midfielders then uh, he's going to have a bit more of a license to roam so physicality uh, in that position's not really going to i mean you know look at it Jack Grealish not the greatest tracker backer and you know, I don't think his size becomes that much of a uh, issue, really. So, in in terms of like the overall start, I mean, it's only two games. But one thing you can say is we've already improved on last season because we lost the first league game and then we got hmm. knocked out of the cup. So uh, that's a positive.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Hart, my view, you know, even before the victory over over Colchester, is that we we've arrived into this this season in immeasurably. Better shape than last. You know, you only have to look at the squad. Look at the manner of the defeat at Luton Town last season. You know, we had yeah. you know, the, the performance of, of your yours as a core, right? And where we've come for people who followed this podcast since since last season. And you think about how we've talked about and what we've learned in terms of the, in terms of the squad since then, particularly after the January improvements came in. Yeah, we're light years forward. What we've got to do is establish a style of play and i think settle on a, on a 16 well i think
2: staying staying in the league cup as long as possible helps because as i suggested last uh, podcast yeah. we needed a couple more games i mean we had one rained off in pre-season but yeah. bruce i don't think started this season knowing his best 11 and not even knowing the best formation he was going to play or formations and uh, I think he learnt more in that Colchester game than he did uh, against Hull, I would, I would uh, venture, or more than he did from any of the pre-seasons games. So a couple more games in the Cup, in the League Cup, would be advantageous. I think, you know, this whole debate, which I find tedious, So oh, uh, you know, we have to sacrifice the Cup if we want to do well in the League. That's, that's kind of bullshit. I mean, if you're mm. challenging for the title and you need to keep people fresh, then mm. you can kind of understand the debate. But when you're trying to find a, a style of play a, a kind of winning rhythm, a winning mentality mm-hmm. and you're not really protecting anything like you know first or second place then you know you've got to keep winning and uh, make it a habit.
3: Yeah you know, I, I didn't used to prescribe to that and I think it was it was only really in recent seasons that, that I sort of shared the same view primarily because
2: What what view did well, you share?
3: Well that, that, that staying in the Cups is, is actually quite important I think I, I'd fallen into the trap particularly in our decline of thinking do you know we we really don't need any more games in our yeah. attempts to stay in the Premier League Now my view was ultimately changed in the, the run to the you know, Tim Sherwood. The yeah, the Liverpool victory, and not so much because of you know we know how that ended with the Arsenal defeat, but it was that winning that change of psyche in that end of that season because we looked absolutely dead and buried that season. I th- I,
2: yeah, I think if we didn't if Leicester knocked us out in that cup before yeah. we played West Brom, I think we would have got relegated that season.
3: Because there was that period where we played West Brom twice in a week. Yeah, um, we, we you know we got through that. And
2: it galvanised the squad. It gave us. It galvanised the squad. It gave us momentum to mm. go on to beat Everton and West Ham mm. at home. And uh, this is what I'm talking about, uh, mm. because there's no guarantees anyway. I mean, you only have to look back to Martin O'Neill's uh, infamous Moscow incident, and then Villa being 2-0 up against Stoke uh, the following game with the first team, and then conceding two mm. goals in the last few minutes. Mm. So it's, there's no guarantees with that. But I think on the other side of the coin, getting some kind of rhythm, getting more games under this team's belt and all these players that have... Because let's not forget, I mean, you had Wynus saying on record what what is the reason why uh, last season wasn't very well and he was saying too many players in. Well, we're hmm. only expecting three or four new faces uh, in this summer, but suddenly it's starting to match January. And with Amavigo going, there's going to be, surely, there's going to be another face or two come in as well.
3: Well, possibly. And, and, and there probably needs to be that strength in depth. If, you know, I, I don't think the club are necessarily thinking about things like a cup run, but if you're going to have those extra games, and the Championship season is, what, 40, 46 games? You know, we've already talked about our lack of strength and depth on on the left, and the huge problem is you can't just get bodies in. You know, we've we, been no, down we, that
2: road. We've got a big squad. It's just a few holes have appeared on the left-hand side because of players going out. But the rest, I mean, the rest, the rest of the team, we got. You know, how many players we've got that can play right back? How many midfielders mm. have we got now? We've we've got more than enough in the cup you can you can try out a few players as we did uh, against Colchester so that's yes. that's that's not an issue uh, at all but anyway let's wrap up because there's another game coming soon and uh, i'm sure that will uh, give us a few more clues we can't have any excuses this season i mean the fact that even codger yedena Grealish are out that's not an excuse i think going back to having enough squad we have the players to uh, yeah. do do the business and we should have for example beaten hull the fact that we didn't beat them is it's not a big drama but we must find a cutting edge with that codger and we're starting to create chances at least that team had a bit more zip about it in the colchester game and also the first half against hull showed promise as well so i think there are seeds of potential hope would you not agree
3: i think that we- There's there's definitely enough there. I think it's some of the things that we've touched upon in the last half an hour, really. It's unshackling to be that creative you know that creative spark it's it's working out how can we use Henry Lansbury to be that that annoying disruptive you know hassling player that he was whenever he you know appeared against ourselves and others and scorer
2: of goals as well and both of those two need to score well
3: he was a bloody nightmare at Villa Park last season you know sliding on his knees on his chest in front of their fans having you know got them back into the game that sort of stuff and I think we need to find that bit of verve and we only achieve that I suppose by getting in into the habit of winning. Colchester Colchester's a start, you know, it wasn't pretty. But I-, I was reflecting on this after the game, that this is why Cup Run is, you know, going back to what we were just saying, is, is so important. Imagine if we'd gone out, it changes the narrative and changes the, the mood Into oh, yeah. to doom and gloom. It we- also gives us something to carry into the weekend. You know, we have got the question mark around, well, hang on a minute, should O'Hare be involved in some way? You know? Yeah. F- for me... The fact that Gabby appeared at the weekend, yes, he scored, is still a a, a baffler, really, for me. I think we should be working with, you know, we've only just seen 90 minutes of him, but we should be working to say, hang on, how do we incorporate exciting, unknown, flair players like O'Hare, you know, Grealish when he's back, so that they're feeding the likes of Hogan, you know that's our plan B ultimately, because what we what we what we know we've got is Codger, who independently of anyone else, in my view, in this division, will probably score 15 to 20 goals. You know, without you know, without the support or, or even the need for
2: it. Yeah, I think I think like we've, if you got Gabby up front, you're probably going to score one goal in the game. If you have got Codger up front, who's selfish. You might score two goals, but if you got a whole team playing together,
3: yeah, we can we can be beat
2: point. we can be beating some of these teams three or four nil. Well,
3: it spreads the goals across the team, as well. And
2: that's yeah, that's the issue. Uh, we can get more. Kodja could score more with a with a team playing around him and feeding him. And I mean, if Kodja was a bit more, let's say, liberal with the ball and and can oh. facilitate a strike partner, then he might even score more. But uh, but we'll see yeah. how that that pans out anyway right let's get out of here first of all i just want to say thanks to uh the new patrons matt birchmore james barker adam wright thank you very much for joining the clan check out myrmanset.com to join too Uh, at the bottom of the website now there's a paypal feature that allows you to actually pay in pounds rather than dollars which might uh, help a few of you 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 don't get access to like the patreon updates and messages but uh, if enough sign up via the paypal i can set up like a an email uh, list and send them out that way but also uh, you, if you sign up uh, via the paper like i will also put you in the, uh, the reward drawer so you won't miss out on them if you enjoy the podcast also you know get the word out to your your villain friends by spreading it on social media just retweeting it or you know whatever it's all uh, much appreciated and, and helpful and s- subscribe on itunes and acast or wherever else you listen to so it pops up as soon as a, uh, you get notified as soon as a new episode comes along Anything to say? hope my bag arrives. And on that note, (laughs) it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him.
3: Goodbye.
0: My old man said... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.